If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Welcome to Springboard Hill Virtual University. My name is Albert Okran, matriculating you on behalf of the Virtual Academic Board chaired by Comfort. This is your most inspirational show and the point of convergence for the greatest minds. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Roadshow Foundation in partnership 
with the Multimedia Group and proudly sponsored by MTN UMB Bank, the enterprise group with support from the graphic business. Today, we bring you the third part in our discussions on the changing world of work. We've been looking so far at how technological innovation, customer preferences, and COVID-19 have combined to change everything about the way we work. So far, we've delved into reports by the Deloitte Global Human Capital Trends 2017 and 2021 reports, the World Economic Forum 2020 Future of Jobs report, and the PwC Workforce for the Future report. And of course, an obvious question jumps up. Is there no Ghanaian-based report? And the answer is simple. There is. And wherever it is, the place to find it is here on your virtual university. Today, we have in our possession the Jobman Ghana Impact of COVID-19 Jobs Report. And he has some very interesting findings about the changing world of work from the Ghanaian context. We'll be joined today to break it down by Chris Diaba, a certified executive coach and leadership facilitator who will bring us some interesting perspectives. And all the way from the U.S., we'll be joined by Doris Osain Ado, who's a compliance executive. She will show us the compliance angles to this changing world of work. And of course, in the studio, we have with us the CEO of German Ghana, the organization that put out the report. Kweku Agbasi is here with us. Kweku, good to see you. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Yeah, well, we've been <laughs> we've been going through quite a number of reports trying to get a sense of where the world is heading. What was the inspiration behind or the the motivation for undertaking the study? Okay. So thank you once again for um, inviting me to your esteemed show. Um, so as as we are all aware, um, obviously COVID nineteen has really hit the um, the employment situation here in in Ghana, and obviously being you know, an HR consultancy firm, and obviously we, we do a lot of recruitment as well. Uh, we thought it prudent to give a bit of guidance to companies on how to navigate this uh, just challenging situation that they are faced with. Um, so before I delve into that, let me talk a bit about Jobberman as a company, what we do, and then we'll, uh, we'll talk about the, the report. So Jobberman was, was set up here in Ghana sometime in, uh, in 2012, okay? And the whole idea of Jobberman is to try and um, employ or bring people, job, job seekers and employers together. And the way we do that is, you know, through technology. Uh, so we have what we call the automated tracking system, which is mainly a system used by employers to go there and, you know, look at candidates, shortlist them, and then, you know, be able to interview them. Now, back to the issue of the reports, why we did this. Um, so. Obviously, we, we noticed that um, a lot of companies were going through challenges, you know, during the COVID period. Um, a lot of them did not know how to navigate their way through. So what we tried to do is to put together some sort of a guideline document. So first of all, talking about the trending industries, which companies were still hiring um, at this time during the, uh, the COVID-19 era. We talked also about, you know, the sort of job functions and roles, which were the most popular. We also talked about the, the skills, the demand for skill sets, which skill sets were... Open. Let me go straight to the findings that caught my attention the most. Because, sure. of, Please go ahead. because of the peculiar nature of the issues that are popping up, sure. we went looking for what are the big findings of the report. First okay. one is that from the report, organizations indicated that they had made a shift That's correct. in the way that they work. That's right. 
adapted to the new demands on them. It, it's lined up with a previous study we examined in one of our earlier reports that said 88% of companies were just themselves willing to make some changes to the way they work. And that's cut across churches, businesses, not-for-profits. Yeah. And that was the first thing that struck me. How did you um, pick out on that? As um, a hiring agency, obviously, we got... Um, first of all, we obviously consulted for quite a number of companies who were going through this change. And one of the things that we said to them was, look, we, you, have to, you have to digitize the way you work as a company. You know, the brick and mortar is... Uh, it's not going to be the way to go this day. So you have to, you know, um, you know, implement a lot of technology in the way you work. So, you know, based on conversations we've had with a lot of these big companies in Ghana, that is something that we picked up, you know. So it was based on both our own internal research and external research done by, by other companies. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, this for me is, is here to stay. You know, the... Was the, was the driver for the companies that are making these shits was the driver customer need, convenience, or pressure arising from uh, lockdown, inability to physically move restrictions, etc.? Was it the, the push factor or the pull factor? I, I'll say it's, it's all three, actually. It's all three because, obviously, people were less um, likely to go out, you know, take, you know, go into a bank, for example. People were less likely to go and queue at a bank because we, we all know that with, with COVID-19, the more you interact with people, the more you get in touch with people, the, the higher the likelihood of you contracting the, the virus. So it was a case of people not willing to go out there. Obviously, banks also has adapted to serve the needs of the people in the times that they were, um, you know, what, what the, uh, the situation was as well. And finally, you know, companies needed to, uh, to make sure that they were still providing the needs of their customers irrespective of the... Uh, the pandemic situation that we, we faced. Sales jumped up as one of the functions that is in such high demand. What would you say to that? Interesting. I, I found that interesting as well. But I think it's, it was more to do with the fact that companies realized that we need, they needed salespeople to drive, to drive revenue within the company. Okay, So I think that, for me, was probably the reason why there was uh, more... Um, and obviously, with technology as well, you can do a lot of what we call the telesales. So you can sell, you know, your products either over the phone or over the internet, or you know, you can do it virtually without necessarily meeting face to face with people. So what I noticed was, yes, sales went up, but it was more of, you know, what we call the telesales or the virtual sales. Those were the uh, the roles which were in high demand during this uh, this period. In the banking industry, for instance, it, it, it seems to be the case that, especially in recent times. Sales has ceased to be a, de a department or a departmental function and has become an all-round function of the whole firm. And so everyone is being oriented to, as it were, have targets, That's have right. a sales orientation. And at the slightest opportunity, sell the service of the organization to exactly. Will that be the kind of thing that you see the report pushed up, the fact that sales is being pushed across the functions of the organization. Yeah, no, good point, Albert. And, you know, I can use my organization as an example. Um, although we have a core sales team, uh, what I do when I'm speaking to other people within the organization is, look, you, we are all salespeople. You know, the way you interact with our customer shows, you know, the value that we are giving to that customer. So at any point in time, we have a customer service, te service team, we have a finance team, we have a marketing team. These are all people who, although they provide, you know, what I call ancillary service because they are not called sales, at any point in time, once you speak, you know, or you have the opportunity to speak with a customer, that's uh, an opportunity for you to, uh, to, 
to, to make a sales pitch. So ultimately, I think um, that is that is another reason why we are we are seeing this trend because ultimately we will all be salespeople at some point in time. The other thing that surprised me in the report was the fact that firms in accommodation and food were the least adapters to digital solutions, whereas interestingly, firms in agriculture rather did a, a much more adoption. And agriculture scored 56% of adoption to digital solutions. That's correct. And firms in food and beverage, accommodation, hospitality, adopted 28% yeah. to these digital opportunities. Yeah. What, what would explain that? Good question. I mean, with, I, I was a bit, with hospitality, I mean, I, we all expected that to be the case because obviously with less travel and people going uh, on holidays less, there was going to be a downturn in the industry. I wasn't too surprised about that. Um, the agriculture bit did surprise me a bit. Um, but then again, I've been speaking to people within the agriculture sector. Um, and there's a lot of innovation within the sector at the moment. Obviously, you know, another government is pushing this uh, planting for food and jobs. And, and obviously, the vice president is pushing the, uh, the digital agenda as well. So it seems to me that a lot of these agricultural producers are adopting a lot of technology in their day-to-day um, activity. So that for me, I think, you know, in a way, I think it's a good thing. Because for, for me, I think agriculture is, uh, is a bedrock of our economy. And if you are able to apply technology, you know, in, uh, in producing agricultural products, it's, it works best for us. So I, 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 I wholly um, embrace it. I'll come back to you to look at the threats that this poses to some industries and some individuals by extension, sure. and then look at how all this, what all this means for our economy as a whole. Will there be expansion? Will there be contraction? This is Springboard of Virtual University discussing today the changing world of work. We've been looking at reports by international consortiums bringing perspective on how the world of work has changed across the world. But in today's edition, we are looking at the Ghanaian context. What is happening in Ghana? We are finding out so far that the agricultural sector has done quite a good job of adapting to technology. Accommodation and food has trailed behind uh, and not done such a good job at adapting to technology. Could be far better. We found out that sales people are, or sales as a function is in high demand, customer service is on a dip. We'll find out why as we go along on that one as well. And then we also are finding out that many companies have openly declared that they have made a transition from how they used to do business. Let's cross over to Chris Diaba to bring us his perspective on what this report means from the perspective of a certified executive coach. Chris. Well, uh, not too much of surprises. Uh, it makes for interesting reading. My first response or first statement has to do with the fact that any piece of work that focuses on measuring and helping us to be able to pinpoint potential areas that are gaps and therefore gives us the opportunity to fill them is great. And, and, and that's the first thing. Now, the report gives us an idea of how COVID has had a significant impact on industries, businesses, and jobs. And it's key to point out, if you recall, when we had this conversation on the future of work a year ago, even though COVID was in uh, China at that time, nobody expected that COVID would have such a massive impact on the world. Therefore, uh, the fact 
of COVID and it's happening did not so much become the factor that impacted the future of work. What COVID actually did was it speeded it up in a very massive way. Now, the report looks at an increased focus on digital solutions for businesses. So businesses that otherwise would have not given too much attention to digital or would have taken their time and considered digital as an alternative have now given more impact or influence or focus on digital. So in the Greek sector, for example, uh, that's an area that digital has become increasingly a tool. Now, apart from focusing on digital solution, the report also talks about an increased focus on digital work. And here it talks about or gives the conclusion that work is no longer a place you go, but something you do. Uh, and, and the final interesting thing that stood out for me has to do with the fact that the report offers opportunities and ideas for businesses and the work environment, as well as for individual employees. Chris, there's a record of companies that have made efforts to amend their business models. Uh, that aligns with um, a statistic from our previous edition that says that 88% of companies admit that the way they work must change to reflect the changing times. What would you say to that? Absolutely. Um, you know, the, the conversation as it was when we had this, converse, uh, that, this, this discussion last year was the fact that a lot of these companies knew that they needed to change how they work. It was more around particularly what do we need to change and what are the areas of focus and areas of emphasis. And so this becomes something that brings the reality very forcefully to us. Now, apart from that, you would notice that there are some areas that you, you would have in the past considered that, well, these are almost areas that you take for granted. I, for example, I looked at the reports in terms of top job functions in demand or declining, and they looked at a comparison between January and August 2019 and the same period in 2020. And I was surprised to see that there was some decline in terms of job functions in the medical and pharmaceutical industries. And, and, and that's something that struck me. And it struck me because you'd almost assume that if you had a job in this area, then you are safe. But that's not what the reality is showing. And that's something worth exploring. There are a few more things around that. If you see that um, one obvious bit had to do with the massive decline in, in job functions in the area of office and admin uh, management, that has been something that in, in 2019 was around 9.74%, but has massively declined in 2020 to as low as 2.3.5. Uh, a similar uh, decline in customer service and support. Yes. Customer service support, really, you would have to admit we saw it coming, didn't we? Uh, because it was no longer a situation where customer service becomes an office or, or a separate function, but it's now more ingrained in everybody's function. But still saw a, a massive rise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 
and 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 there they there's there's an interesting attention we need to give the question of sales. I I have had uh, somebody who who has been a, a great coach to me say to to me that listen everybody must aim at training to become a salesperson because almost everything you do whether you're speaking whether you're engaging people whether you're dealing goods and services the skill of selling is a very significant one and in these times when it's becoming increasingly significant that in addition to all the technological challenges that we're going through um, customers are becoming more savvy you can't just tell them about the characteristics of your product or service and then expect them to pick it you must be able to convince them persuade them in very real terms and that's the power of sales at the same time let's be aware that the old time sales mindset will not remain it will have to be in combination with other significant uh, skills that will help you make a meaningful impact as a salesperson. Chris, the interesting thing, let me quote um, from Arthur Miller. Professor Hinson used this in our last discussion, so let me quote uh, from Arthur Miller. He says, the only thing you have in the world is what you can sell. And the funny thing is you are a salesman and you didn't even know it. So that just confirms what he said. But, mm. and that's from the book, The Death of a Salesman. Let me go on to um, the implications of this report for job dynamics. What does it mean for the workplace and what must organizations do going forward? That would be the last intervention um, from you, Chris. What does it mean for job dynamics and what must organizations do as a result of a report like this? Great question. First thing is for us to have a look at understanding what work really is. You remember uh, we talked earlier on around the fact that work is no longer a location-based uh, activity. It is now the content of what you do. In other words, work is not a place you go to, but it is something you do. Organizations, therefore, will have to rethink the focus or the extreme emphasis on brick and mortar. The level of investment into brick and mortar that a company would hold as theirs would therefore be something that organizations would need to rethink very strongly. Now, beyond that, organizations will also have to consider a reorganization and realignment of issues of compensation on how it becomes a unique selling point and a pull factor for talent. Even the conversation around talent cannot be the same as what we knew it to be. We are therefore not looking at absolute specialists, but something that has been described as specialized generalists. And so organizations would have to now reassess how are we considering talent? Who are we considering as talent? Because that would then influence the component of performance management. Now, performance management itself becomes another interesting scenario because you know that in the past we have had situations where people are working with their team leaders and working with their team managers 
and therefore team managers can see them and can observe what they do. Now, team managers, line managers, people leaders, whatever you call them, are now having to focus on remote working or remote management or virtual leadership. And that becomes very massive in how organizations work in the towards becoming relevant in the future. The other leg has to do with individual employees. What got you here, and that's almost cliche, will not get you there. How you got to this place, the knowledge you have today, is not going to be what would support you for the future. So how do you position yourself? The focus, for example, is on what are those key skills that I must hold on to that would make me relevant for the future. And so those are some of the things that we should look at. Key skills combining what you would refer to as hard skills and soft skills. And in terms of soft skills, very quickly, let me take take it on from here and assure you Mm. that uh, next week we will do a full-blown discussion about soft skills. And you just hit the nail right on the head. You've talked about the fact mm. that brick and mortar should no longer be the focus um, in terms of what organizations should do um, in terms of their setup. You've mentioned specialized generalists, something that Vikram Masharamani um, spoke about when he came to the Festival of Ideas probably about a decade ago. And then you've talked about performance management, taking on a new, a new shape, form, and style. And then finally, you've also mentioned that what got you here cannot get you there, and therefore there will be a need for skills enhancement. Chris Diaba, a big thank you to you for joining us on your virtual university and for the thoughts that you've shared. Thank you very much. Always a privilege. If you just joined us, this is Springboard, a virtual university, and those are the thoughts of Chris Diaba, an executive coach, bringing us perspectives on the Jobberman Ghana COVID-19 work report. Um, Kweku, you heard the thoughts of Chris very clearly articulated and let me just sum up his key thoughts don't focus on brick and mortar reorganize your compensation change your perspective about what talent is and then change your performance management matrices and then finally what got you here can get you there in terms of the individual get some new skills to help you go forward which are the points catch your attention the most um I think for me, the one we caught my attention was the bit about what he said, you know, the specialized journalist and not specialist anymore. And which I, I, I totally agree with because I think what Chris is alluding there to is that, look, you cannot just go into a job with a particular skill set and think, still think that you're going to be relevant in another five or ten years. You need to gain other skill sets. So you have to gain other knowledge in other, you know, skill sets or, you know, to be able to, to, be able to be um, relevant you know, five or 10 years from now. And that can only be done through what we call the continuous development. So you need to continuously develop your skills. You need to um, continuously learn new ways of doing things and new, you know, new skill sets, which will still make you relevant in the industry. So for me, I think that probably is the point that caught my attention. Uh, The bit about performance management as well, I think is also very relevant. And that is something that we are actually adopting at, uh, you know, in our organization at Jobberman. And we obviously encourage other organizations to also do. So the performance management these days is also, you know, it's, it's gone virtual um, because I, I, for example, I'm based here in Ghana, 
but my boss that I report to is in, in Nigeria, okay, and yet she's able to manage me on a day-to-day -day basis. And how do we do that? It's mainly through the three mediums. We, first of all, do a lot of uh, Zoom or Hangouts meetings where should we talk about, you know, the things I'm working on, and then she provides feedback and uh, gives advice on, you know, how things are needed to be done. Uh, we do emails, obviously, which is also another way of, uh, of communicating. And for me, the, the third and, and, and final one, which a lot of people don't seem to think about these days, is you can have you know, a lot of these um, social messaging uh, platforms, but they can also be used for work. Okay? A good example is one we call Slack. Slack is a very good one where you can send, send instant messages your, to your, um, your colleagues. There's, one, uh, there's Hangouts as well, obviously. There's, um, there are quite a few of them. Even WhatsApp can be a medium. For, for work. So for me, I think those are the three ways in which you know, people can manage virtually, even if you're not in the same location as your, um, as your subordinates. Right. Let's go over to Amos for our data is king segment. It's imagine that many people, funnily enough, even though they are working from home, which is assumed to be a more relaxed way of working, are suffering from burnout as a result of the increased pressure that comes with working at home. Let's find out what comes out of working at home and the pressures that ensue and the burnout that ensues. Amos, what do you have for us? The Data Risking segment provides credible data for decision-making, analysis, and prediction. Our statistic of the day, it's on remote work burnout. According to a monster poll, 69% of workers are experiencing burnout symptoms while working from home during COVID-19. However, almost half, that is 42% of workers, do not plan to take time off or vacation time to decompress, which is absolutely critical. According to Guy Winch, a clinical psychologist, doing the following will help you to reduce burnout. Number one, have a time when you switch off work whilst working from home. Number two, create a defined working space in your home and work only from there. Number three, put on work clothes even when working from home and change after work. And number four, turn stressful work-related thoughts into productive and creative thoughts. So our question for you today, what one step will you take from today to rejuvenate for enhanced productivity? From Chotro passenger to tier robot car owner. At Enterprise, we take care of life's uncertainties so you are free to make your dreams a reality. Dream big with us. Enterprise. Your advantage. Hi, this is Albert, and I have some great news for you. Here is one more way to matriculate and graduate every single week. Your favorite inspirational program, Springboard Your Virtual University, now airs on Joy Prime on your multi TV and DSTV channel 281 every single week. Join us this and every Friday from 5 p.m. till 6 p.m. as we explore different subjects and our theme for the year, repositioning. 
Springboard Venture Investing will therefore now be on Joy FM, Facebook, and YouTube every Sunday at 7 p.m. and on Joy Prime from 5 p.m. till 6 p.m. every Friday. Springboard is brought to you by the Springboard Ratio Foundation in partnership with the Multimedia Group and proudly sponsored by MTN, UMB Bank, the Enterprise Group, with support from the graphic business. Springboard, your personal value will shoot up. Welcome back to Springboard and Virtual University. And before the break, that was Amos with his thoughts uh, about remote work burnout. And I'm sure many of you were fascinated by one of the points or another. My favorite was the fact that you should wear work clothes when you are working. And when you finish, take them off. I, I, I love that one. And, and the point about changing, uh, designating a place where you work is good food for thought for all architects and those building homes to sell because it obviously means that the demand for studies and home-based working spaces is so big that if you build a house to sell and you don't have a study in it, the demand could fall. That's one, one free idea you can use in your, your home designs. What do you think of those data? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not surprised. This is the same sort of um, sentiments that we got when we did the research as well. Um, so for me, I think it's really important that when you're working from home, you have a designated area of work. Um, I like the bit also about the fact that you need to uh, put on some work clothes and take them off because the danger of not doing that is you, you might end up doing long hours because you're in your normal clothes and you think you're home, you know, but one thing I've noticed when I was speaking to a lot of my colleagues when we were working from home during the, the breakdown was a lot of people did longer hours than they normally do By if far. yes, By if it were home. And that is because they couldn't clearly delineate between when they uh, they were working and when you know they had to spend some time with, with their family. So the whole idea of taking your clothes off, um, or you know, putting on work clothes and taking your clothes off is to clearly distinguish with the fact between the fact that look, I've worked my eight or nine hours for the day. Now I'm going to take my clothes or go back to my normal clothes. And that means it's the end of work and I'm going to have some time to spend with family. So I think that is really important. You know, the bit about people burning out, I think is a really good point as well, because working from home, sometimes you feel like, okay, I'm home, so there's no need to take some time off. But you're still working and you're probably even working longer hours than you normally do. So it's good to take some time off work and then just, um, just rest, you know. And Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. 
Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. And recuperate from, uh, you know, from your exhaustion before you, you start work again. So all the points that have been made there are perfectly valid. And the traditional, the traditional way of measuring work, performance management, is so steeped in presenteeism that the assumption is that if the person is working from home, they are not, they are not working or they're not doing much. So how would you even think that the person needs a holiday? So here you are finding out that one out of two people even think they don't need a holiday because they are, they are already working, uh, working exactly. from home. But that is the kind of conflict that is arising. Let's cross over for wider perspectives to the Western Hemisphere and all the way to Maryland, the USA, and bring on Doris Osando, one of the international faculty of the virtual university. She will bring us the compliance angle. She's a senior compliance executive. She'll help us understand the compliance angle to this whole idea of working from remote working and all the issues that arise. Doris, thanks for joining us on your, on your virtual university. Thank you for having me. Um, on this uh, very prestigious platform. Doris, the last time you were here and we spoke about compliance, for many people it was a very um, new phenomenon. They were not aware of the dynamics of compliance, but here we are in a situation where probably it's even more critical than before. What would you say? Well, yes, uh, compliance is more critical, but just like in all the other areas, um, everyone has had to adapt, you know, in terms of what is necessary, what compliance means for organizations, what they would have to do in terms of uh, keeping best business practices, uh, keeping uh, employees engaged. Um, and so just as the other speakers have uh, said, uh, businesses and even in the compliance area have had to be agile. They've had to rethink uh, areas that um, are more focal, uh, such as uh, looking at internet security, getting employees engaged, uh, getting them involved, getting them charged time correctly, uh, looking at um, other areas such as what sexual harassment, uh, looking at um, compliance issues such as privacy, uh, intellectual property, and making sure, first of all, from the business. And when I say business, it just it will also depend on the type of industry you're working in. Um, but looking at making sure that you are uh, keeping all of these in check and at the same time, uh, helping employees understand that it is still very important, uh, regardless of the fact that they may be working remotely. Yeah. Doris, help us to understand how different or how similar the Ghanaian situation is to that in the U.S. Let's start from, for instance, the sheer percentage of organizations, churches, businesses, not-for-profits, governmental organizations that are admitting that they've had to make a radical shift to how they work to be able to cope with the COVID and related restrictions and changes. Is it the same uh, case in the U.S. as well? Well, you know, again, it will depend on the industry. You know, lots of businesses have had to close down. 
You know, several businesses have had to shut down, especially because in the U.S. we were heavily, we've been heavily impacted by the COVID situation. You already know, we're talking about over 500,000 people dying. In fact, it's actually 514,000 as of today, you know, and you have uh, 4,000 people dying a day, you know. And so it's had a dramatic shift on um on the psyche of businesses and you know you also saw the last year we had the um the protests on the black lives matter and so issues such as diversity have come to surface and so yes there are certain things that are the same you know where again i mentioned initially that uh businesses have to be agile they have to adapt uh but again it depends on the situation now if you are seeing several businesses closing, you see unemployment on the rise. If your business is thriving, and certain businesses, business areas are thriving. I look at the reports, and for us, I mean, in the areas of healthcare, they're rising, logistics is rising. You know, um, if your area, the area that you're working in is uh, on the rise, what you want to make sure is that you are keeping your customer base you're um, also bringing in more business for the company. And from the compliance perspective, you want to make sure as well that your employees understand what it means to keep uh, compliance issues to the fore. And when I say compliance issues, uh, whatever you were doing before, you are looking at it and making sure that you are even doing better in terms of uh, making sure that if the, your employees are working from home, they are working remotely, they are actually working. They are charging time correctly. If um, you are uh, at home again, you're making sure that your um, the internet security that the uh, employees have is on par with what you need, depending on what your security regulations are. So therefore, with your security department, your inter, um, those who handle your IT, they are making sure that they have like VPNs. Um, they are making sure that uh, your intellectual property is secure. Basic things. You don't have employees printing stuff at home. Uh, you're making sure as well that uh, confidential information is kept as it is confidential. You're making sure the platforms you're using for your conferences, your meetings, all of that is secure. Yes, now, I one have, other area I, I would uh, Albert, go ahead. I have a big question for you. The, the point you raised, the last point you raised is the biggest point you raised so far. I mean, how do you maintain confidentiality for board meetings when the person is having a Zoom and you don't know whether next to the person in the Zoom meeting is, is a friend or a loved one listening into that very sensitive conversation? It, 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 can, it can be quite scary. Uh, what, what do you think of some of these new challenges that were not anticipated before remote working became so prominent? Okay, well, um, one of the things is, of course, it can never be 100%, right? But what you would want to do is um, educate your uh, your employees and also have them engaged. You know, there was a segment where they talked about uh, burn out and all of that. If you are able to constantly engage your employees, have them understand 
uh, about these data uh, privacy issues. And data privacy is also a really big thing right now as well. You want to make sure that they understand you keep the training, you keep the engagement with your employees. Once you get them their buy-in, they are also able to um, adhere to these best business practices. And as you just mentioned, intellectual property and all of that, they, you have a set of rules, regulations, and you're constantly engaging with your employees, making sure that they are taking all these precautions, all these necessary steps to make sure that um, they have kept uh, a secluded area to have their workspace. They are not in the middle of their kitchens or their uh, hall with people walking around and all of that. They do understand. And then again, uh, you, should, you need also to watch the types of platforms you're using. Um, I don't know if you saw this in the UK where they had Zoom meetings and people Zoom bombed, you know, those meetings. And this is even at the high, at the, uh, the government level, you know. So uh, companies have moved from certain platforms to other more secure platforms where they can keep their uh, information secure. I would add that I remember last year there were several healthcare industries that were hacked, you know, um, if you have people uh, hacking, stealing information, it's even more on the right. So it uh, is the... Doris, in closing, what, what, what would you say that these compliance issues raise red flags that companies must take on board when they are redesigning their workplaces as we speak? Well, right now, um, business is not going to be like it was before anymore. Uh, businesses need to understand that um, compliance issues are very important. Uh, initially, you had a compliance professional who was probably the admin, the HR, the accountant. You can't do that anymore. You must have a dedicated person who would be the uh, kind of watchdog in terms of compliance issues in the company, making sure that they can partner with the different functions of the company. You need to make sure that that compliance person has a seat at the table when uh, important decisions are made, being made, even at the top. You want to make sure that compliance person has direct channel to the CEO or to the board and is independent. So, um, again, business cannot be done as before if you want to make sure that you are um, being competitive, you want to make sure that you are, also, once all of this is gone, um, after the COVID situation, you are still at a competitive edge, then you want to make sure that a compliance person is, you, you are putting focus on uh, having a compliance person at the table watching over the different components of the company, making sure that all of these compliance issues are being taken care of. Doris Asenado, thank you very much for joining us all the way from the U.S. with your perspectives on the compliance angles to the changing world of work. And it is clear, quickly that the world can never be the same again. And organizations redesigning their workplaces must take on board some of the things that Doris is saying. She's saying, for instance, the one 
There must be somebody at the very top level who is dedicated to compliance, ensuring that the boxes are being ticked in terms of the security of the firm, the security of information, and so on. What do you think of that? I, I totally agree 100% with what, what Doris said, because obviously, you know, with people working at, at home, there's going to be all these lapses in insecurity. Um, so to the point that she made that, look, compliance issues should be a priority for companies is 100% um, correct. It's something that companies should take uh, very importantly when dealing with, uh, you know, working from home and obviously the security issues that come with it. It sounds a bit scary, doesn't it? It is scary. It is very scary. I mean, it's. I mean, I remember we. I saw this video as well when uh, I think it was um, a UK um, MP. I can't remember what he was. You know, he was um, he was in a Zoom meeting, and then all of a sudden, one of his children just ran into the room. You know, and his wife came in and had to scuttle the child away, and he has to apologize. And it was a live BBC interview. You know, so those are some of the issues that you have to deal with when when working from home and. You know, and to the point that you made earlier, you know, as much as possible, you have to create a space where it's uh, it's secluded so that you can uh, you can focus on work, and then there will be too many um, distractions from either family or friends or whoever Tell wants to come. When the staff is living in a compound house, you can't talk about everybody <laughs> going to go and inspect where they live. These are realities that we didn't factor in, and I'm sure that some one nobody's going to court over any issue. It's not become a big issue, but let's face it. If the person is having a Zoom meeting or a board meeting Correct. from a location that is not secure, yes. and out of that, information leaks that should not leak, you will naturally want to hold the person accountable for not protecting the information. But if where they live is such that they can't go anywhere, exactly. can you really blame them? We probably need to bring some legal pro on to find out <laughs> where the liability lines fall in all this matter. But let's, let's, let's bring this discussion <laughs> home sure. and begin to wrap on this. Yes. So in trying to look at the future of work, we've looked at the Ghanaian situation and the report that makes it clear that while there is a general effort by companies to migrate to a new way of working, yes. you are noticing some functions do well and other functions, the demand not just being there. Chris okay. has explained why he thinks it's not surprising that some of those areas are shrinking and mm-hmm. then the areas that are growing, like mm-hmm. seals, yes. He's giving his perspectives on it. What will be, for you, the big implication of this report for, for instance, economic growth? Will our economy grow, or do you think it will shrink from what you see? Okay, good. I mean, for me, I think there's, there's hope for the future when it comes to our economy. Um, and the reason I'm saying that is because I know our vice president has already been pushing the uh, digitalization agenda, which for me is it's a good thing. He's, he's made quite a few changes at the ports. I like the whole idea of more money interoperability as well, because that makes it easy to move money from one platform to another. So for me, I think there is definitely hope for the future. Companies definitely need to start thinking outside the box and you know not do what they, they normally do. There has to be a way of working such that, you know, the um, they can still thrive even during this this difficult uh, situation that we are faced with. You know, one of the quotes that I read actually just before I came in is what change is, is constant. You know, there are always going to be these challenges. You know, it could be you are talking about COVID today. It could be something else. You know, in the next couple of years. So, for me, I think adaptability and uh, also uh, innovation is key when it comes to um, to being relevant in in today's um, markets. 
what will be your closing thoughts for our viewers and, and, and listeners out there? Yeah. So my closing thoughts really is, um, you know, and I'm going to talk to uh, both employers and, uh, and job seekers. So with job seekers as well, I'll, I'll say to them that, look, despite this challenging situation we face with, there are still really good jobs out there. Okay. The most important thing is you have to be agile. You know, your attitude has to be right. And you have to always be thinking about, you know, being relevant in today's market by gaining new skills. With employers, I'm going to say that, look, you can't continue doing things the way you used to do them. You have to um, embrace the digital agenda and also make sure that as much as possible, you reduce your, uh, your reliance on, on brick and mortar and go more, more digital. Um, in the UK, in Ireland, the Bank of Ireland is actually closing 103 branches. And that is because they have embraced the digital agenda and realized that you know, they don't need all these brick and mortar, mortar buildings. So they're cutting down on cost and obviously it's going to help with their profitability. So that's something that we have to think about in Ghana as well. Springboard your virtual university. Today discussing the changing world of work within the Ghanaian context, the third in our series of conversations on that subject. The good news is that next week, we'll bring you part four, the big one on soft skills. That subject that will simply not go away. I've always said that my favorite soft skill is cognitive flexibility. Next week, I'll bring you two wonderful friends of mine, women that I see as big role models in soft skills and particularly in cognitive flexibility. One of them climbed mountain Afajatu and climbed mountain Kilimanjaro to raise funds for the elderly. And the second one left a boardroom meeting and jumped on a motorbike to make it for a radio interview and sat on the motorbike back to the boardroom. That is flexibility at the highest level. I'm going to bring two of them into the studio next week for a big discussion on soft skills and how they can help you rise to the very top of your field. So then my name is Albert Okransin. A big thank you to Kweku Agbesi for joining us in this conversation, CEO of Jobberman, and Chris Diaba, the executive coach who joined us along the line, and our friend from the USA, Doris Osanyado, who brought us some interesting compliance perspectives, sometimes a bit scary, but very helpful in this conversation. On behalf of Comfort and the entire crew, we want to say God bless you, God bless you, and God bless you. I'm out.
make that change turn around. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Joy 99.7 FM.
by which we are saved. In the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, there is no other name by which we are saved. In the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, The name of Jesus, see me. 